Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Where Do We Go From Here? I'm one of your hosts, Debbie Abraham. And I'm Jessica van der Weingard. Where Do We Go From Here? is a podcast that untangles sexual ethics for a new generation of Christians. To find out more, check us out at wheredowegopod.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at wheredowegopod. Thanks for joining us this week for our final episode of season one. We'll chat a little bit more about reality TV and talk about the results of some Instagram polls and give you a hint of what's in store for season two and the future of where do we go from here. But before we do that, did you know that one of the best ways you can show your love to us and appreciation for this awesome podcast (laughs) is by hitting that subscribe button or follow button in your podcast listening app and leaving us a nice review just like Seashaw did. So Seashaw said, I love this podcast and can't wait for the episode release each week. The hosts, Debbie and Jess, share their thoughts and lived experience with wisdom and vulnerability. Thank you so much for your kind review, Seashaw. We do love hearing them, so keep sending them on through. It also, the more the podcast is reviewed um, and also uh, the more it's followed and things like that, the, that means makes it more accessible right. on iTunes, on Spotify, all of that. That's so it right. really does help us promote the podcast. All you got to do is just hit that little button, type a few sentences. That's right. And it's a big help. It's a huge help. So let's get into our show. Mm. We've had such a great time getting these 14 episodes ready for you. Now, before we end this season, let's take a look back at where we've come from. Hello and welcome to episode one of Where Do We Go From Here, a podcast where we seek to untangle sexual ethics for a new generation of Christians. Thanks so much for joining us on this, our first episode. We know that you who are listening, you're coming to this from a variety of different top, uh, places. Yeah. And we know that we, we might not hold common ground, actually, on mm. what we believe about the Bible. And that's fine with us. Like you can use this podcast as you wish in your life, because again, as we say over and over, this is your life. Yeah. Yeah. We can't tell you how to live. Like you get to make those decisions. This is a term we're all familiar with if we've grown up in a Christian context. The term sexual purity. Is this a biblical term? What Jess and I are trying to do today is really examine the term. Is it actually the term that the Bible uses to talk about sexual choices? We are talking to Dr. Sean McDowell. When I was 12, I remember like my hormones are kind of kicking in and I'm starting to notice girls at the same time, my dad's becoming this international figure on purity. And I I remember asking him one day at at home, I came home and I just kind of sheepishly said, dad, what would happen if I got a girl pregnant? And he kind of got down and he looked at me, he goes, son, I don't care if the whole world called me a hypocrite. You and I would work this through together. So, Debbie, this week, we are talking to Cutter Calloway. Something is messed up with the way evangelical Christians in the U.S. think about marriage. I think we idolize it, but I don't think we're pro-marriage. I think we're idolaters. We have placed it in a position that should be reserved for God. Definitely this, this idea of the more you save, the more you'll be rewarded. And the couple sitting in the car together, and even though the wife was sitting in the back seat and the husband was sitting in the front seat, they were still holding hands because of how in love they were. And they waited to kiss until their wedding day. So this holy grail of marital perfection is attainable. And all it takes is your absolute purity to the point of 
not kissing until your wedding day. I think the, right. the writers who were holding hands front seat and back seat are Eric and Leslie Moody. I was going to say I that. I 100% remember that I story. Like, oh, I'm too. not 100% sure if that's right. But it's the Ludies. You, yeah, it's the, the Ludies. People who I think maybe had this experience in their 20s and they get to their 30s and all of a sudden life starts happening. I think this is. This is the thing, of course, that I think prosperity peddlers yes. did not count on is the fact that life will happen mm. and things that are out of control will happen. You'll have a child who drowns and dies. Yeah. You'll have a marriage that doesn't work out. You'll do everything right yep. and things will not work out the way you think that it will. What then? This week, Sarah Deutscher. When you've got that consumerist construct what that's done to the concept of grace is that it now becomes cheap grace and that i can have everything for nothing and that i therefore am own owed this lavish grace this amazing grace without that we do have cheap grace and jesus is my butler who's here to serve me and to offer up for me a never-ending, you know, smorgasbord of pleasure. This week, we had the privilege of being joined by Rachel Welcher. Interesting is that women were depicted as obstacles, not as sisters in Christ. So that was the main theme I saw in books written for men. There was a lot of advice for men about how to avoid lust. And it felt a little bit like a self-fulfilling prophecy. When you tell them that they are lust machines, they're not going to believe that they can harness self-control. And when they're not reading scripture, but they're just reading purity books, they're going to think that men are all about lust and women need to guard themselves. So this is a conversation with Rachel about divorce. So going back to my story, doing everything right seemed like a guarantee. What it ended up doing is making me feel like a big failure when he left me. And I don't think that's what God wanted me to feel. But when you think you're earning something, and then you lose it, then you're being punished, right? And to be honest, a lot of people asked me, what can I do to avoid what happened to you? Assuming that I had foolishly entered into my marriage and that's the only reason that it ended. One of the things we try to do on Where Do We Go From Here is frame conversations about sexual ethics in a way that is with psychological insight as well as spiritual truth and theological framing. And to do that today, our guide is Dr. Heather Dave Duke Gingrich. This episode is for those of you who look back on purity culture and see it as a traumatic experience. Small T traumas are things that not everyone would necessarily consider traumatic. They may be smaller events that can add up over time. Trauma is subjective in nature. So we talk about potentially traumatic events because even big T traumas aren't necessarily experienced as equally traumatic by everybody. You know, not everyone develops PTSD, no matter what has happened. A, a pastor in a sermon can validate a victim's experience. My pastor did this one Sunday and I was so proud of him for basically saying sexual assault is wrong, domestic violence is wrong, and this is what it looks like, and this is what the Bible says about it. There are scripture passages that preachers can use. Well Jess, it's our last episode of this season. Can you believe it? Yes, it's come so fast. I feel like it was just yesterday yeah. we were going are we really going to do this, Debbie? Yeah. Are we really going to do a podcast? It's true. It took us, you know, it took Jess and I several months of meeting together yeah. weekly just to yeah. get to know each other, to even kind of get to a point of saying, yes, I think we can do this. And yeah. And you've been tuning in. You've been downloading. 
Yes. We appreciate that so much. We appreciate your messages and your voice memos and the way you've participated in the conversation. Now, Jess, last week we were talking about Love is Blind. Yes. And The Bachelor, we a were. reality TV episode. So we're discussing these shows, but by no means are we recommending them to you, right? But one reality show, if you're interested in an, an antidote yes. to Love is Blind, Bachelor, Bachelor in Paradise, Married at First Sight, a really great dating reality show that is an antidote to that is on Netflix and it's called Dating Around. Oh. Yes. Have not heard of it. So... From a from a production standpoint, it, it it's obviously still highly edited because uh -huh. you're not literally watching uh -huh. real life happen. That's boring. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it feels the most honest and real and authentic uh -huh. show. The, the premise is, here is a single person. Yep. They get set up on five blind dates. Mm -hmm. Of those, they might choose to have a second date with one person uh -huh. and only one person. Uh -huh. And that is... The conclusion of the episode uh -huh. and then the next episode is someone else's story uh -huh. so it's just one episode per person mm -hmm. the the protagonist of the show is the person who is the one going on five dates okay. and the five people just are characters essentially okay. and then yeah i just think it's so brilliant because the camera kind of stays back there's no narration uh-huh there's no real interference. There's no talking to camera. Oh, okay. It's just literally them talking to okay. each other. Okay. Um, so, and you see, I, I think actually from someone who has gone on um, dates with people who I've met on apps, yes. just meeting for coffee and stuff, I yes. found this to be very realistic of what it's actually like. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, Debbie, you definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah. Next, next work session. Jess. Yes. Next <laughs> we work can do session. it together. Yes. <laughs> and for those ladies out there who are single, I think you can get some tips from some of these. Or men. You know, yeah, but for women. For women. Okay. From some okay. of these, like, like you know, hard-ass New York girls. Yeah. New York women who know how they okay. should be treated okay. and know how know the etiquette of things wow. and know how to shut something down and just walk away. That and I sounds, think it's awesome. That sounds very interesting. So what's the show again? Dating Around. Dating Around on Netflix. We were talking about how to bring this episode to a conclusion and Jess was telling me something that yes. I did not know. Well, bring this season to a conclusion. Yes, the season, not the podcast. Yeah, so it won't be any surprise to you guys to know that story ends with some kind of conclusion. Mm. A basic three-act structure is kind of brought to a landing with some kind of definitive yeah. place where you know, you know where it you stand. Yes. You know where the characters stand. Yes. Things have resolution. Equilibrium yeah. is achieved once again. The answers are given. Yeah. Essentially. Here so, are the answers. That's right. So there's a sense of expectation when we come to the end of a season. Yeah. That there would be that tidy bow that we put on something. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 So and we we were thinking about how do we give that to you guys? How do we give some kind of resolution? We put a bow on on it, so to yeah. speak, for our podcast and finish the season well, but also maintain 
the ethos of our podcast, which is yeah. we are not here to give you the answers. That's right. So the answer we felt like we can leave you with at the end of season one is after our first season yes. and after all of you tuning in at different points over the season yes. and joining in this conversation, what is the state of the conversation? And that's the answer we, we want to leave you with in this yeah. episode for the end of season one. Yeah. What the answer to what is the state of the conversation yeah. right now? What I hear as well when Jess says that is that what we are really trying to do with this podcast is create a conversation. Yeah. So Jess and I are not here to give you answers, uh, but we've been giving you frameworks. We've been yes. giving frameworks. We've been giving you ways to think about things, ways to talk about things. And we hope, and we know that for many of you, you have been carrying those conversations on into your communities. Mm. And we love that. Mm. And so we wanted to take some stock of where you guys are at. And we thought the best way to do that was to poll our Instagram community. So obviously um, this is a limited slice of our community. It's a sample of our community. It's yeah. a sample. Um, it's non-scientific because it's a voluntary poll. But we just thought we'll just start putting these things out there in yeah. part because we wanted to hear what you guys think and what, mm. um, yeah, as we continue to create episodes for you moving into the future with season two um, yes. and some other things that we're going to be doing. Yes. Um, and for those of you who do track with us on Instagram, you'll know that that is largely Debbie's domain of what she kind of looks after for us uh, here at the podcast. Um, and if you aren't, tuned in to us on Instagram, definitely do that. Yeah. Where, do, where do we go pod? You yeah. can find us at where do we go pod on yeah. Instagram. And we find that that's a really just easy way for us to be able to reach out to you guys yes. and for you to reach back to us. That's right. And, you know, we are literally a DM away yes. or um, a like away or, yes. you know, a follow away on there. Yeah. And I can't stress this enough. We really are listening to what you have to say. I think, you know, Jess and I are in a different lane from a lot of the other people who cover this topic. We are not Bible teachers. Yeah. We are not speakers in that sense we're yeah. not here to tell you how to live we are very much Jess is a storyteller she's a filmmaker I am a journalist um, and I'm a writer and I think where where we want to stay is firmly in that lane and to do our job well we need your input yes yeah yeah so we thought polls would be a really great simple easy way and very kind of easy way to ask you guys with a very low um, expectation of your investment of time or anything like that. Yes. You didn't have to leave us a voice memo or yes. write us an email or ask us a question. Yeah. We'll do the hard work for you. We'll think of some questions that have yes or no answers. Yeah. Yes, they're going to be simple questions. They might not be the questions you have. Yeah. They were just four questions that we thought of. Yeah. Without further ado, um, poll number one was, for single people, do you use app or online dating? So the result, Jess, is 13 people voted yes and 15 people voted no. Okay. Yeah. So that's close to 50-50. Yeah, close to 50-50. And we got a good question in response to that, I thought, which was somebody, somebody messaged us and said, you should ask this by age and maybe geographic area because most people that she knows um, date online. And um, 
Yeah, she was saying that as you get older, um, your friends have fewer and fewer single friends yeah. to set you up with, um, to connect it's true. you with. Yeah, it's definitely a valid point. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit surprised actually by that yeah. result. To be honest, yeah, I would have thought for single people it would have been a higher number of people said yes. Yeah, I thought I would have expected the same. Yeah. yeah. I'm someone who um, have I've I've had relationships yeah. with uh, one guy that I met yeah. on on Tinder actually. Yeah. Um, and I'll say that because I don't think there's anything wrong with Tinder yeah. in and of itself. It's yeah. just another forum. It's you another can, way to meet people. Yeah, you can yeah. use it how you will, right? Yes. Um, I don't see any shame in that, and I also want to dispel a lot of the shame. Yeah. So I'm freely admitting to yep. it. It's good, Jess. Um, and yeah, there's lots of apps out there that, that people use. Yeah. And I think it really is a great way to meet people, honestly. Yeah, that makes sense. So next question, this was also, I will say a little bit of a surprise. The result wasn't a surprise for me. Should people wait until marriage to have sex? So this is obviously like the classic the classic, the classic question. Yeah. And it's really the, the answer to this question is what we have avoided talking about ourselves. Yes. Um, but your answer was 42 of you said yes, that you should wait until marriage to have sex, and 12 people said no. So do, what does that percentage work out to? Don't make me do math, Jess. Wait, let me do not... So how many people altogether? Um, so 42 52, plus... 54. 54. Yeah, so 42, so 42 of 54. divided by 54. So 78%. 78% said... Um, that uh, yes, uh, but it's worth mentioning that um, we got a f quite a few clarifications on that point. And so I want to read mm. those because I think that's good. This person, and these are all women who DM'd, all in context and up to the person, I think it should be their choice, not judged, shamed, told that they're going to hell if they choose to. Plus, I think if they're in a loving relationship, it's okay. But I wouldn't agree with one night stands, etc. Then we had somebody else said, I thought this was a really interesting answer. So she answered, no, it's not. Um, she said to the question, should people wait until marriage to have sex? She said, no. But then she DM'd and said, if they want to. Yeah. I thought that was fat, a good, like an, an interesting, another interesting, um, you know, response. So basically she's saying that, there shouldn't be an external pressure to decide one way or the other. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then another person said this, I'm very unsure on this one. I've been told all my life that we should wait, but I'm questioning this. I feel like it's not black and white anymore. Mm. And I, I feel like for me, when I saw her response, I thought this is really, in some ways, this is, this is the space that our podcast fits in in some ways. That, yeah. that sense of this is where we are sitting to say, although we will never really say yes or no to this question ourselves because yeah. our point is really to equip you to decide yes or no so that yeah. you can step into a yes with a solid sense of yes and here's why or you can step into the no with a solid sense of no and here's why. And honestly, I think the way us as individuals would answer that question is irrelevant to your life. That's right. <laughs> it really is. That's right. Like, And I think when people try and push and insist on someone to make a quality, like to like draw a line in the sand on where they, where they individually stand with this. Yeah. 
you really have to ask, why does it matter to you to know where this person stands yeah. on that? Yeah. Um, I think you have to know where you stand. Yeah. And where the person you're in a relationship with stands, I guess. But that's that's up to you. It's your life. Yeah. Within the context of all of our lives and all of our decisions, there are results based on how we live our lives. Yes. But I think this is why the decision is personal, mm. is because Jess and I don't experience the results of your choices. Correct. <laughs> and you don't experience the results of our choices. That's right. Even Debbie and I. Yeah. You know, we, we're friends. We have, yeah. We're in relationship in that sense. Yeah. But... We don't experience the results of each other's choices yeah. in our in our own lives in that in that way. Yeah. So you you do all you can to be equipped yes. to make an informed decision yes. for yourself. Yes, that's right. So next question: Is porn ever okay? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So ninety two percent of you said that it is not ever okay. Mm. And 7.6% of you says that, yes, it is okay. Now, I also, this one generated probably the most number of clarification questions. Before we get to that, Debbie, yes. why is this a relevant question to sexual ethics? Well, look, whatever you think about pornography, it's everywhere. Mm. I think that now a lot of people wanted clarification on what we were defining as pornography, um, which is that's fair because I think conservative Christians would consider certain forms of advertising to be porn pornographic. Sure. So I don't think we were talking about that. I think we were talking about the more typical forms of pornography you can find online in particular, but certainly not exclusively. Um, mm. I, I think porn is a huge part of um people's lives. Statistics would say that it's a big part of men's lives. Yeah. Statistics would say it's a big part of Christian men's lives hmm. as well. I do yep. not have those at hand right now, but I'm certain we've got some porn episodes ahead for in us. The pipeline, the, sure. In the pipeline. And we will share statistics with you there. Yeah. Um, but I think if you're parenting mm. and if you've got teens or preteens, even children, pornography is a big part of what it means to um, have to think about what a child's engagement online is these days. So mm. I'd say it's a pretty it's a pretty big topic. Yes. And it I mean porn shapes how we see sexuality. It yeah, it shapes how we see people. Our ourselves yep. and our personhood. Yep. Our our gender. Yep. Um it shapes how men see women. It yep. shapes how women see men. That's right. Yeah. So one person would one person said I would define porn as anything overtly sexual in nature that you consume or watch rather than participate in. Uh, I thought that was an mm. interesting. That was a good. Def, I, I like that definition. Again, the the distinction between participating in something and being a consumer of it. I think that's yes. a that's a good distinction. Um, Another person said, I answered no, meaning is it's porn never. ever okay? They answered no, no it's, it's not. not. But she wanted to clarify that she believes erotica and stuff is fine. But she's more concerned about the industry practices. Yeah. And then interestingly, the other person, uh, another person who said that it was, that porn was fine, 
they also said when it is purchased from ethical sources. So that, that theme right. of like ethical <clears throat> porn. So it's like interesting how the conversation about pornography has evolved in some ways that now people also, if they don't like porn, it's partly because of the abuses within the industry. And if they're going to support porn, it's within the context of I want it to be um, ethically sourced and produced, etc. So that's, inter that's an interesting shift, I think, in the conversation about yes. pornography. From the people who I've heard have that conversation, mainly outside of the church, and it's a very common, very evolved conversation. Oh, to yes, be yes. Okay. But it's women who are having that conversation sure. about how they're consuming right. porn as consumers. Right. I've, I've yet to hear, and again, I haven't done a ton of research in this space, but anecdotally, I have yet to hear a man talk about the ethics of sourcing <laughs> pornography. I've not heard that conversation either. Mm. Yeah. Have you guys? Has anyone out there heard that? Yeah. Let us know. Any social scientists listening, we want to yes. hear. Yes. Yeah. So porn is definitely something we will we will talk about in season two because it yeah. has massive implications for our culture. Yeah. And even in our conversation with Sarah Deutscher earlier mm. in the season. That's in episode six. Episode six. Yeah. She says... I will probably be paraphrasing here, her here, but I'll try not to. Um, in her words, she said, porn has virtually taken out yeah. a generation of Christian men. Yeah, Christian men. Christian men. Yes. From being viable marriage material. That's what she seemed to say. That's her opinion, of course. But yes. yeah, that's in the episode, Sexual Prosperity and Singleness. If you're counting from the bottom of our podcast list, it's number six. And that's with uh, Sarah Deutscher. So that's her paraphrase. That's her explanation for some issues with single Christian men. Yes, and I've heard many a single Christian woman yeah, I have. Um, attribute... Yeah the the desert that seems to exist yeah. for christian men out there to porn yeah and in fact when we put that on instagram when that episode aired several months ago or several weeks ago there were people who dm'd and commented to say yeah porn ended my marriage wow actually yeah but again that's looking at it from you know only the negative side maybe there is a, a, a positive side i'm not really sure so be interesting. Some people certainly think so in our community, and that's fine. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your input. Appreciate Thanks for being that. honest. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you know, um, we 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 do want to talk about this these things in a way to be informed. Yes, but we by no means are here to sit in judgment on on others and their yeah. sexual choices, right? Yeah. So we're just here to to have the conversation um, and to Im invite other people to join in the conversation who will bring some form of expertise. That's right. That's right. So the final question that we had in our poll, and this one was so informative for me. Um, we asked, do you have LGBTQIA uh, family members or friends, people in your life? And the results are 47 of you said, yes, you do. And eight of you said, no, you don't. So in terms of percentages, 85% of you have, uh, have people in your life who are part of the queer community. And a very small percentage of you, 14% of you do not. So that is really, really interesting. Why is that interesting, Debbie? <laughs> well, I think, 
I guess it's re- it's reality. I think this is yeah. I think this is one of the reasons. You know, Rachel Welcher, she mentions it as an aside in our episode with her on gender roles and sexual equality. Rachel Welcher just mentions that when she went back through the purity culture books, she said same-sex attractive people aren't even mentioned. It's yeah, like they don't exist. You it's know, true. that's what she says. And it's fascinating to me that now of of our small community here on Instagram, 86% of you it exists, you know? People in the queer community are not a, even an it. They are a loved friend, family member. Yeah. And you know what? I know that there are members of our community who are part of the LGBTQ community mm. themselves. And we are so glad you're here. And yes. as we've mentioned before, Jess and I are two straight women. Mm. That's part of the reason why we've not wanted to just jump into this conversation. It's because we really think when we do talk about it, we need to have... Um, queer men and women sitting virtually or in person with us having the conversation. Yeah, and we want to be mindful of that and be very respectful of that and not just for the sake of giving lip service to this very important topic, just kind of throw it out there. Um, So it is coming in season two. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be getting into it. Absolutely. Um, If you are, can I just say this right now, actually, if you do identify as a member of the LGBTQIA plus community or queer community. I'm not sure what the official way of talking about this is. If you are and would like to help us figure out how to talk about this, please reach out. Uh, Where Mm. do we go from here? Podcast at gmail.com or reach out via Instagram or Twitter. We would really love your input on how to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. And also, you know, we're, you know, we're not um, under the illusion that, there has been some pain caused by mm. Christian authorities mm. or voices when it comes to this. And so help us understand what has what what helps you and what doesn't help you when this conversation is engaged yeah. with. So again, our point is to equip you, to give you tools to make decisions for your life in your community, wherever you are. So if you're a conservative listening to this, and some of our poll results indicate that there are a lot of you who are conservative. Mm. So the number of people who believe that sex should be saved for marriage indicates. But then the number of you who also have somebody in, um, in the queer life. community yeah. also is pretty similar to that percentage. Of, mm. And so it makes me think, um, I, just, I, just, I, I think it's conservatives who need to move here. Maybe not necessarily in terms of how your beliefs have to change, but in terms of our movement toward people. Yeah, that's where we want to be moving in the direction of people, in the direction of loving people, listening to people, understanding people better. Mm. Yeah, that's that's the direction that we're moving toward. Yeah. Toward each other. Yes. Well, that kind of is a little bit of that's the temperature check. That's the status update on the state of the conversation right now. That's where you're at. Yeah. with these issues yeah this is as a community where, where we're at yeah we're a diverse community here yes. at where do we go from here of conservatives of progressives yeah. of ex-evangelicals of uh straight people of yeah. queer people yeah and we're here all trying to wrestle through yeah as christians or yeah. as people who i who identify with jesus in some way yeah. where do we go from here and that's this is where we've come to at the end of season one. Yeah. This is what you think about these questions. Yeah. 
And these are the questions we're going to keep pressing further into and leaning in towards yeah. under the umbrella of, of wanting to get better at loving each other, yeah. really, and being better informed and more mindful around our sexual choices. Yeah. And that's really where we're going in some ways in season two is to say, okay, this is where we were failed in terms of our sexual education or around the topics related to sexual choices and sexual ethics. So we want to re-educate. Let's re-educate ourselves. Let's re-educate ourselves on how to read and how to study the Bible. Let's re-educate ourselves on relationships and how to relate to people. Let's re-educate ourselves on same-sex relationships and the LGBTQIA community. Um, let's re-educate ourselves on breakups and apps and you know, on how society, societal norms are changing how we date and how yeah. we relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited for that. Yeah. I hope you guys are. Yeah, it's gonna be like going to school, <laughs> but a lot more fun. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Debbie. <laughs> Just so uh, that clarification, a lot more fun. Yeah, and we'll continue to give you homework in the show notes. <laughs> if you're interested in homework, some of you love it. Well, the homework will be it. like, watch this season of Love is Blind. Okay, that won't be the homework, um, but it might be, here's a TED Talk to watch, okay. or here's an article to read, yeah. or here's a book you might be interested in. So that, that that's what we're here for, yeah. right? Um, yeah. We're here to kind of hopefully curate some resources yeah, for you absolutely mm. so jess it's our last episode and it's time to say goodbye not it for is. long though yes last episode of season one again thanks so much for joining yeah. us um this podcast went from being an idea that we had at a coffee shop yes. to what it is now and you have made that possible yeah we're so grateful for your companionship Grateful mm. for the ways that you've shared it with your friends and shared it on social media it means so much to us. And yeah, we thank you with our whole hearts and we cannot wait to see you again in season two. Thanks so much for a great first season of Where Do We Go From Here? That's right. And like we always do at the end, don't forget the real conversations are with your people in your community. Go talk to them. Maybe don't hold their hands right now yeah. so that you can decide together where will you go from here. <laughs>